if you are new to the metaverse space, if you are new to the NFT space, or if you've missed out on this week's headlines, this is a great way to catch up. My name is Robin Copernicus. I am the founder of Metaverse Land Club, the think tank toolkit community for investor entrepreneurs looking to grow generational wealth. And I am joined by... So, hey everyone, I'm just job pumping on the Discord to let everyone know we're live. So yeah, uh, speak for me, Cool. Do you... please help me out. <laughs> Welcome to Headlines with MLC. And now I guess we can just continue. So in today's episode, we are actually going to cover the top headlines first. Usually this is something that we wait for the very end, but a lot has happened this week. So we have to cover it and we'll just cover it first. Then we'll talk about the road to NFT adoption. We'll also talk about stuff on the game radar and then the latest right-click heist, the latest scams in the crypto space. And then also we will talk about the NFT of the day. There's like some juicy things happening and we'll talk about that as well. All right, some really, <laughs> some really quick community updates. We recently had the Slate Mint and it actually didn't go as well as we hoped. So right now our team is regrouping. We're planning the next stages. There are... 15 people that have minted a slate and we're going to combine the community together and together we're going to decide next steps. So we'll have more information on that soon. And I should actually just pop open the discord because I think the next thing we're supposed to actually go over the F price. We forgot about the F. Let's see. Right. Don't switch device. Yeah. F is at $2,786, which is really weird. And the reason why this is weird is because there's been so many things that says F should be going up. So one example, this week we had the other side deed mint, and this took crypto by storm. This took NF the NFT world by storm. There was a lot of Ethereum burned just to mint one, I think around $180 million. I've seen different numbers being floated around, but around $180 million worth of Ethereum was burned. So when this Ethereum gets burned, because this Ethereum's leaving the, the pool of Ethereum available, what you would imagine is because the supply is going down, the price of Ethereum should be going up, but that didn't happen. The other thing that is mysterious is you would assume that people jumping into ApeCoin would also be trading between Ape and Ethereum. And what you saw over the week is you saw ApeCoin go sky high, almost up to like people were hoping it would go to $30. I think it went up to like $25. And this was right before the mint. And then post mint, it dropped down. I think we can take a look at the price. The post mint is probably around $14 or, or something around there. So Let's see, it's priced in COP. Let me change it to USD. So yeah, so it's like $14. And I think this is probably the one of the lowest prices it's been like since, yeah, at least since April. So ApeCoin dropped. And you would assume if the price of ApeCoin drops, then people would be moving into Ethereum because they still want to play in the market, but that didn't happen. So what happened instead is ApeCoin dropped and Ethereum just stayed where it is. So what I think is going on is because you can get ApeCoin for cash on Coinbase, people were just actually moving between cash and ApeCoin and they just skipped Ethereum altogether. So we went over the, and then this kind of actually just segues us into the top headlines. So the top headlines, 
The other side, Land Deeds, if you don't know, this is the Land Deeds from Yuga Labs, who is the creator of the Board Ape Yacht Club. And they are building a metaverse and they're releasing land. They did that over the week to get a land. It was $6,000 worth of ApeCoin at the time. So it was priced in 305 ApeCoin. And I think around that time, it was around $20 per ApeCoin. So it was $6,000. But there was such a rush to buy land that people were actually paying anywhere between an extra um, $1,500 to $5,000 just in gas fees alone. So if you were minting an other side deed, then you were probably spending the 305 ApeCoin, which is around two Ethereum plus the gas prices. So minimum 2.5 Ethereum all the way to almost five Ethereum for this land. And they're actually facing harsh criticism on crypto Twitter. Have you heard anything about the story, Anna? Yes, I was actually going to ask you, like we were discussing earlier about exactly this, this criticism. And I just wanted to know exactly what your take is on why people are like, being so mean to the project when it may or may not be entirely their fault. Let's take a look at the project really quick. So when it minted, immediately people were selling it for seven Ethereum. This was before the reveal. And then the reveal ha happened pretty close shortly after. And there's a couple of things that were going on. So the first thing, I think the art was a little underwhelming. That's one. There is a little bit of what I believe FUD being spread because now if you look at the price of an other side land deed, the floor price is 3.68 Ethereum. But the thing is, this is not the average price. It's just the floor price. The reason why it's so low is because these are the pieces of land that don't have many resources. So if you click on some of this land, you can see that this one, it barely has any resources. This one actually has some runa, but there's, there's pieces of land that don't have any resources at all. So this is going to sell for much less. But if you actually look at the activity tab and if OpenSea will work, which it never does. Okay. I don't, I didn't mean to click that. I don't know what's going on. Let's go to the activity tab and it's not working. I clicked it. I double, I right clicked it. Okay. Let's just imagine we're looking at the activity tab for some reason it's not opening. But if you, okay, there we go. If you look at the, the, the activity tab, what you'll see is that there are actually a lot of land sales that are going for a lot of money. So this is going for 25 Ethereum. I've seen land that this one sold for almost 200 Ethereum. That's half a million dollars. So there's a lot of top tier land that's actually going for premium prices. And if you look at the average price, let's see, the average price was around nine Ethereum during the mint. And now most of the mints are selling around three, but there's a couple pieces that have different attributes that are really wanted. So one of them, let's see, if we look at the one with 200 Ethereum, let's go back down to that and we can kind of see what could be special about it. So this one. Because mm -hmm. I was going to ask exactly, you mentioned, oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. Actually, now um, that I'm looking at I it. I think I may be a little too late. I think you're good. I was, I was going to say with these resources, so this has Mystic Triangle, Spike Weed, Whisper, Oblivion, Cycle Silk. The most wanted resources, however, that people want are these codas. And this one doesn't even have any coda. And who knows? Sometimes when you have something like this, it could just be wash trading where someone's just selling this to, to themselves just to get the price 
high up. So whenever you're looking at things like this, also, you know, it's important not to FOMO in. Well, there's actually offers for 100F. So I guess it's a piece of mystic land. So that's why it's going for that much, but it's surprised that it doesn't have any codas. Here's, I was actually going to oh. ask, what are these resources or what are these attributes? What do they exactly give or what do they represent? And when it comes to metaverse land? Guess what? Nobody knows. <laughs> they haven't made the game yet. April 30th was supposed to be the, the launch. It's already May 3rd. I'm not. So they're, they're going to release the game very soon, but they've had a very fast development cycle. So what they've built, it's still to be seen. One of the reasons why Yuga Labs is getting backlash is because the way they did the Mint launch, some people are accusing of Yuga Labs of botching it on purpose. And when I say botching it, the reason why it felt botched is because people were spending a lot of gas on these transactions. There's some other things that were going on. For example, people that are holding base C assets already. So if they already have a board ape, then they got the better land. And other people that are just coming in, they're basically just giving their money to people that are holding base C. However you want to think about it, these are some accusations. And with this one, when Ethereum kind of crashed because of what this mint was doing, Yuga Labs took this opportunity to actually promote ApeCoin. So a lot of people in the community are accusing Yuga Labs of botching that on purpose just so they can promote their coin. And if this is true, this is some devious stuff, which the community obviously doesn't like. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. If it were me in a position, I think if, I mean, I don't do any price predictions or anything like that on this show. But what I will say is that because of the investment that's behind Yuga Labs and the people that are behind Yuga Labs, for me, the chance of this failing is very low because they have the opportunity to recover. So if you're able to get land prices at 3.68 Ethereum, you know, if it were me, this is probably something that I would jump into. Full disclosure, I don't own any other deed. I currently, I haven't even looked at it. We've been working on our own projects. But if I did have the liquidity to pick this up, I probably would pick something up and just kind of hold it long-term. All right, the road to NFT adoption, NFTs. I wonder when I, when I move the video thing, if it moves on YouTube as well. I'm going to go back to full screen. No, it doesn't. Cool. So Meta is launching four new VR headsets, Anna. And this is, it was codenamed the Cambria Project and I actually found a YouTube video. So let me, let me back out of this exit full screen and go back to the YouTube video so you guys can see what, you, what it looks like. But this is Project Cambria. And this is supposed to be an $800 headset. So right now the wow. Quest 2, yeah, the Quest 2 I think is around $300 or $400. And this is going to be $800. So I wonder how it's going to be different. What I did read about it is it has its own, it, its own operating system on board. It's using their own version of the Android operating system. And this now kind of makes sense, right? With last week, we talked about how Meta was opening physical stores on the show. And now mm -hmm. they're talking about these VR headsets that are probably going to be in these stores. Yeah, definitely. 
And what was it you mentioned, like their own project, what, from the Samsung? There, no, the, so the operating system on the headset itself, it, it has an uh -huh. Android operating system and it's supposed to be like a, a powerful onboard chip that powers this headset. Okay. All right. I wasn't really familiar with like operating system there. All good. I want to get us some VR headsets for remote work. I already know a lot of teams that use them, and I think that would be a lot of fun. So OpenSea acquires Gem. Have you heard about this? This is actually huge news. If the Basie thing didn't happen, this would be the biggest news of this week. No? Yeah. My connection's unstable. <laughs> no worries. Okay, so Gem is a company, I think the website is gem.xyz. Gem is a tool that helps you sweep floors and do all these different things where you can buy from different collections and save a lot of gas money while you're, while you're buying from different marketplaces, different things, et cetera. You can just collect all these NFTs and do it in one transaction and it will save you a lot of gas money. OpenSea acquired Gem. And they're going to start bringing some of these features to OpenSea. So what you will likely see is a feature where you can sweep the floor on OpenSea, maybe even buy from other collections from other marketplaces, which will just, which is really smart for OpenSea because that means the liquidity stays on OpenSea. One of the reasons why OpenSea has so much power is because that's where all the activity is, right? You have all these other marketplaces coming up like Looks Rare and just all these other NFT marketplaces. I think one of them, we like actually- the yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about that very soon. And they're having a very difficult time because all the activity is on OpenSea. Now, with this acquisition of Gem, they're going to do a few things. So one, I already mentioned the floor sweeper tool. So it'll let people sweep the floor and save on gas prices. And then the second thing is tools like Trait Sniper. If you've ever seen me sharing my screen, I use a plugin called Trait Sniper to tell me what the rarity is of different NFTs, but OpenSea is going to embed that directly onto their platform, but only if cool. they can get their website just, <laughs> just to work. That's the first step. All right, this is interesting. All right, so there's been discussions on using NFT subscriptions as paywalls, and we were kind of talking about this and how would change how this would change the game just to like subscription sharing or like just accessing platforms and suddenly you will not be able to share it with your entire family or you will not be able to share it to share it with your friends right because you you would only be able to access access it with your nft yeah you would have to give your your seed phrase to all your friends and that would be something that you it just sounds like a, a lot of pain but yeah, so Netflix has been on the news this past week because they lost a lot of revenue. They've lost subscribers. One of the reasons why they're losing subscribers is, well, there's two reasons. One, there's competing services like HBO and Paramount and all these other competing services. But then there's also um, people sharing passwords and they want to kind of clamp down on that. And we were wondering, like, if Netflix released an NFT and you had to own the NFT to log in into your Netflix... Like that would solve this problem. I wonder how people would feel about that. I think the NFT community would love it, but the non-NFT community would be like, what's an NFT? <laughs> yeah, I think there would be a lot to lose if they take that decision. Yeah, I'm sure if they did it, it would be like a pilot program. So they will say, hey, we're going to launch this NFT. It'll have some extra benefits, 
But if you want to convert your subscription over to an NFT, if they did do this, I mean, this would be like a good way to roll it out, right? So you say, if you own this NFT, you'll get these extra benefits. And then this NFT acts as your account. So they can beta test mm -hmm. it. They can kind of grow that community. And then as the NFT space is growing, which it's growing rapidly fast, they can slowly, like over a few years, start converting customers over to token access holders instead of password holders. All right. All right. What, what is this? this so the International Tax Consortium, they issued a list of NFT fraud indicators, which is really interesting because for the longest time, NFTs have been accused of money laundering and wash trading, which there is a lot of that going on. And now people are starting to take notice and they're categorical cataloging all the different ways that people can create fraud. And of course, this is all on the blockchain. So, you know, once you start having analysis tools that are using machine learning and AI to figure out who's doing fraud, it's going to be so easy. There's, there's this math question or a math equation or formula. I can't really remember exactly what it is that the IRS uses to test whether someone is defrauding their tax returns. And it's like, if they fall within some kind of parameter with when their answers, the pattern of their answers go through this algorithm, the IRS is able to tell whether wow. it's a fraud or not. And you can, you, you better believe that if they can do this with paper, they're going to be able to do it on the blockchain much faster, much more instantly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he, here's some more news and this is kind of sports NFT, but ice cube, you already know, if you don't know, Ice Cube's actually big into NFTs through Snoop Dogg. Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, and some other people are actually, I think, Too Short and E40. They're coming together to build a metaverse rap group. So it's like the OGs of gangster rap that are now going to be the OGs of metaverse rap. Ice Cube's also trying to do a bunch of different things where he's doing his own basketball league. And this... DAO, these decentralized autonomous organization, B-Gods actually bought an entire basketball team. So how cool is that? Like if you had to, if you wanted to buy a basketball team, let's say you want to buy an NFL team, you know, you would have to first, you would have to beat somebody. Even if you had the money, the other billionaires that own these teams, they can't say whether you can buy it or not. But now with B-Gods, like this democratizes investing into things like this. Now you can actually buy a basketball team or be part of the entity that buys a basketball team through this DAO mechanism. Okay. I was kind of lost, but now it's just like, um, you're, anyone can be part of this association, right? Or like, because a DAO is like an association or am I mistaken? Yeah. So a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. It is a form of government governance where okay. how the community is governed is those rules are written on the blockchain. So you can have different governance rules. For example, you can issue a DAO token where each person that holds a token, maybe they get one vote. Or there could be additional rules. Maybe you know you have to, if you hold five tokens, you get 20 votes. Mm -hmm. You can do different types of things. There could be even, even communities where it could be sort of like a republic where you give most of the power to representatives, maybe five people in the DAO and you just trust them. 
and you can buy into the DAO and, and your vote goes to the representatives, but there's all these different ways. So with DAOs, it's really interesting because what we're going to see is we're going to see, or what we are actually already seeing is this boom of different governance mechanisms where everyone's testing to see what is the right one. And the, the cool thing is for different industries, you might have, or you might actually need different governance mechanisms, and this will allow you to, to test it. All right. No. Okay. What is this, Anna? Wait, my screen's kind of frozen and I don't know what's the text. <laughs> I still see the ice cube. <laughs> no way. Okay, so Gala Games is launching their second annual May Mayhem event with $4 million in prizes. Yeah, so if you hold a Gala Games NFT, and what's important to remember is Gala Games does a lot of partnerships. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. They do a lot of partnerships with other entities. So those partnership NFTs may not count, but if you have a Gala Games NFT and you put this into your Gala Games wallet, then they're going to be doing all types of airdrops throughout May. I, I can't remember if there's a snapshot date or something like that. I totally kind of went away from my mind, but this is something that you definitely want to look at, especially if you're in the Gala Games universe. You want to get those Gala Games NFTs into your Gala wallet for this May Mayhem event. Okay, so I actually checked the YouTube and it's and as a, it's not just me. Like your screen is cracked. Oh no, okay, now I can see the right click heist. But everyone just didn't see the title. So I don't feel so bad. <laughs> oh, no way. Okay, weird. Maybe it's my internet connection. So yeah, so right click heist. So besides, a lot of things have happened in NFC today. I mean, besides the whole Basie landmint, Solana, they went out for around seven, eight hours. They were gone for like seven hours. Have you heard about this story, Anna? Could you imagine no. if like, if the entire Solana network, you couldn't trade Solana NFTs, you couldn't do anything, you were just stuck because the whole network was just down. So what happened is Candy Machine, which is a app that helps project creators mint projects on the Solana blockchain, they were attacked. They had a major bot attack. And this bot attack just took down the entire network. No one knows exactly what the purpose of it was. No one knows what happened. People just know that it did happen. But how would this candy platform affect Solana so much? Because like yeah, it's external. That's a great question. So Candy Machine, it's it's a platform that allows you to mint on the Solana network, right? So you can use Candy Machine to mint NFTs on the Solana network, which means that whenever you use Candy Machine to mint something, you're creating congestion on the network. And this was because there was really virtually no cost to mint something. And mm -hmm. now the, the owners of Candy Machine, they've implemented a, chain, uh, a change where it's going to have a minimal amount of cost in Solana every time you mint, and that will hopefully stop bot attackers. But yeah, that was a point of weakness. And then if you think of a decentralized network, it's interesting that a decentralized network was taken down from one point of centralization. So there's definitely a lot of, a lot of things we still have to learn. And, there's, and, and more so than that, like hackers can get so creative. Like they need as a, their whole existence is just finding these loopholes among contracts, among just like general operations. That I mean, how would they benefit? Like, you know, how, why they would benefit from like crashing the candy machine and crashing Solana? It could have been a test. 
It could have been people just doing something for fun as a practical joke, right? Like you can imagine a 16 year old kid saying, Hey, I wonder if this is possible. And they're like experimenting and then they just crash the whole network. I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. That sounds like it's such a, I, I can already see the movies happening like five years around like just hackers on the crypto chain and and they end up being like 15 year olds a lot of them are Uh, if you look at the let's see the people behind the frosties they were they were like between 18 and 20 years old Mm -hmm. yeah that's right all right nftt of the day spill the tea anna what's going on (laughs) all right so I can figure that many of you have heard about the Moonbirds Mint because we already, we even discussed it recently on one of our episodes and it was a big thing. Like it was one of the, if not, if it, if the other deeds mint was one of the top, then Moonbirds came second, right? So what happened is that the COO, Ryan Carson, who's a proof collective, which is the collective that launched Moonbirds, left to start their, its own, his own NFT fund. And I can tell you this and you're going to be like, yeah, well, good for him. But what actually happened is that he, apparently he swapped like 200 or more ETH from the Moonbirds project and after just one day and left five days later and he already had this fund created. So it's definitely sketchy. It's definitely kind of rancid just thinking of this about in this context like like that it almost sounds like a right click heist right so yeah yeah moonbirds like, it's it's kevin rose's project there's a lot of um names behind this project it's it's with uh it, it gets you access i think to the proof collective which is a big alpha group and it's very expensive to get into so moonbirds i mean they just shot up to 20 uh, 20 ethereum floor really fast and the thing is the team inside Moonbirds, of course, they have inside information about their mint. They know which ones are the rares. And apparently, what, what's his name? Ryan Carson? Is that his name? Ryan. Ryan Carson, I believe, right? So mm-hmm. Ryan Carson was the, the chief operations officer. And he bought a bunch of them that ended up revealing to be some of the rares. And then as soon as he bought it, he left the company and he decided to start his own fund. What I, what I, what I cannot stop thinking about, for example, is... Is this smart? Like you already carry, you already tainted your name and pretty much your credibility, your trust, everything. Like, I mean, will he even be successful? Like, who would trust this guy with anything, right? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the important things to say is all of these things that Ryan Carson did are alleged, right? We don't know what Ryan Carson's intentions are. We don't know if he just actually just got lucky. Just on the surface of what it looks like, it looks like he made off with some loot and he left the project. And it's just it just looks really, yeah, like it, it doesn't bad. seem like, it's, it's definitely a bad juju. It's, it's kind of like, how can you trust these entities if they're basically using their own inside information to profit off of their customers. But again, this is alleged, right? This is what it looks like on the surface. What we do know, what is the truth is Ryan Carson left the project. And what we do know is that he left with a bag of high valuable NFTs. The founder of Moonbirds or or one of the other project owners of Moonbirds said that, you know, we can't control what one of our employees do if they press the buy now button on some nfts and it happens to be rare i mean that's you know that's it's out of our control that's the nft space 
Yeah, that, that was actually another thing that I considered. Like, is this the out? Oh, maybe. No, go ahead. Not only the what? Not only like on behalf of this guy, but also on behalf of the company. Like, yes, definitely you cannot control what someone does. But don't they have like intuition or just like a mere like suspicion or instinct? You know, if someone's going to turn their back on them so hard. I don't know. It's it's really difficult, right? Because when you're working with people, yeah, it's just really difficult. I know I know there's been times where I put a lot of trust into someone and it turned out to be, you know, ill-fated trust, but the way that I live my life is you just have to trust people and until the time when you figure out you can't trust them, that's it. But once, you know, once someone's lost trust, it's very difficult to get that trust back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I work that way as well. I'm super naive. <laughs> it's it's human nature to expect that other people are good people because if other people weren't good people, this world wouldn't work. There has to be more good people than bad people. So probability-wise, there are more good people and you can live a life where you're scared of bad people or, or things or a lot of times when you're doing things yourself that are unsavory, usually you're scared that those things will happen to you as well. So it's just kind of like, I guess, how you pick your philosophy, how you want to live your life. I know for me, I want to, I want to be open and trusting. I don't want to be scared and I'll be trusting in people. And then, you know, when they disappoint me, that's when I know to move on. Yeah. Cool. That, that was like a sour note. How can we end it on a high note? All right. All right. Just a, a, a quick note. Some of the things that we're going to do with the Metaverse Land Club is we actually have a YouTube coach on hand and they evaluated our channel. And some of the comments that they made is there's a lot more newbies in this space than people that are already in the know. So a lot of times the way we position these shows are, are for people that are a little bit more in the know, but we're going to start making a lot of more beginner con content. So if you have any ideas for beginner content, if you have any questions that you were afraid to ask, drop them in the comments below and we will create content around it. Thank you so much for joining us on Headlines with Metaverse Land Club. Again, my name is Robin Copernicus. And I'm Anna. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Boom, bam. I'm out. See you guys next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Stay